The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. And if you would like to check out the video portion of the radio show, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down on the right side of the page. You'll see we're streaming live there on one of the platforms we, we uh, broadcast out, not only on the radio, but to several video platforms, including DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page, our Rumble page. We're live there, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then also on Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, as well as Roku at Cutting Edge TV. So, but if you can always find us right there on the right side of the page, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, blow that up. That's right, you can see the faces made for radio right here. And then uh, right above that, you can watch Bradley's show from yesterday. Yep, the internet was holding up pretty good, I guess, for to get him through the show there. So that was good. And um, 
Of course, he was at home then. Uh, but he's going to be back out on the road today, going to Michigan. So you guys be in prayer for him and his family as they make their travels. I think it's 13 hours there. So keep him in your prayers as they travel there again. Uh, doing a lot there in Michigan, actually. And uh, so you can catch that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And then he will be live at that time in this space. Right above that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Remember, we don't e- rent your email, sell it, or spam it. One email from us today, including the Morning Show Archive. So all the stuff we're going to talk about today will be in that. And you can do it in video, and you can do it in podcast. By, by the way, we're on anchor.fm as well uh, on the podcast. So if you want to go over there and look up Sons of Liberty, we're over there, as well as SoundCloud under Tim Brown. That's where I do my podcast. So if you want to sign up, you want to bypass some things and get it downloaded directly as soon as it's uploaded in the morning and you just want to listen, you don't want to watch, uh, that's where you need to go to, I guess, subscribe or whatever. It's SoundCloud. Look up Tim Brown. I'm in there. And uh, if you can't find it, you can go into each morning show and you can find it there. And um, that's where you can find us. If you would like to support the Sons of Liberty, there's a donate button at the top of the page. Again, we never ask you for money. We just point you to direction if you want to help us because it does take money to do all the things that we do. So there's a donate button, one-time donation. Or you can become a son or daughter of Liberty. These are our monthly partners. You get some goodies. You get some discounts in there and such. And then our store is available. And I was wrong yesterday. I had to go back and look. I told you I would. This week, the For the Children book, this little pocket-sized book, literally you can put it in your back pocket. Okay, But it's kind of thick, uh, high-quality paper, so it's not some flimsy little thing here. Uh, full of words and pictures on the issue of abortion. And again, if the ears won't hear it, you tell it to the eyes, right? And uh, Stephanie has put this out. This is normally $10. This week through Saturday at midnight, you can get not 20%, 30%. You can get 30% off when you use the promo code abolish abortion. All one word, abolish abortion. You get 30% off these little books. Now, these are great for you. They're great for friends who might be, quote-unquote, pro-choice to murder their baby. We, they never finish that. That's what it, that's what it is. And uh, Or your representatives or other people who may be considered it's okay to, to dismember and behead and murder little babies. Um, you can share this with them. It's full of scripture. It's full of, uh, again, image graphic images. Okay, So if you're wanting that through Saturday night, midnight, you can get that for 30% off with Abolish Abortion as the promo code. Now, before we get over to our guest this morning, I, I did want to point something out. It, it, it's incredible to me what the, how desperate these people are. And this our show's not going to be on the shot today. Okay, It's going to be on the, the issue of the school boards and the Biden administration with the legal uh, commands to the unconstitutional FBA, uh, FDI, FBI to go and investigate parents who are upset that their children are being given pornography, that they're being taught critical race theory, that they're having Islam talk in the schools or whatever the mask mandates or whatever the case may be, and they've had enough. And so we're going to get to that in a minute. But this one right here, I mean, do you guys remember when I told you the story of what they were doing out in Vegas? What was that? I forget the name of the place. The strip club, uh, the guy Flint or whatever it was, the hustler strip club, whatever. They were giving away what they said were $5,000 packages for dancers and all this other stuff. If you just got that little needle in your arm, crazy stuff, right? And some people are just cheap. They'll give you a donut, right? Or a biscuit or something. Check this out. Uh, Lynn, who's going to be on with us tomorrow, obviously, our Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor and uh, Rotten of the Core Wednesday, sent this to me. I want you to check this out. (laughs) This is in Louisiana. Want your record expunged? 
free food, and a chance to win a Visa gift card? All you have to do is register here and come out and get vaccinated. Now, this was on October the 9th. You say, well, what kind of uh, uh, criminal records are they expunging? Well, they tell you on here, it says, for misdemeanors, it has to have been five years that have been passed since completing your sentence. What about felonies? Yep, we've got those covered too, but it's got to be 10 years since those have been passed and completing your sentence there. And then they say, even if some items are not eligible for expungement, you can still get other eligible items expunged. And this is brought to you by all these different things of the the city and the county and the state. And then you've got Sarah Holiday James, Judge Donald R. Johnson, and State Representative C. Denise Marcel. Can you believe this? (laughs) This is criminals offering criminals expungement of their record. Why do I say that? I was under the impression, maybe it's just me, that your representatives are not to be bribed, and they're not to bribe people. And this sounds like they're bribing people. That's what it sounds like. Doesn't it sound like that to you? All right. Enough of the rant there. <laughs> you get you get what's going on there. And I, I got to tell you, it just when I saw that, I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. Expunging records, they are desperate to get people to put that to play Russian roulette with that needle. They they really are. They really are. All right. So we've had Amber Redmond on a couple of weeks ago. She sent me an email with a little update of what they were doing. And this comes as, uh, you know, the Biden administration's unconstitutionally doing what he's doing. Okay. And the FBI is doing what they're doing. Well, they're good at this kind of thing because, as you know, the FBI is more or less a terrorist organization. They aid terrorists. We know that for a fact. Uh, They aid terrorists in this country. And uh, Biden obviously does as well. But now they're flipping the terms and they're saying, oh, you upset parents that we're demoralizing your kids, that we're, um, you know, doing things that we're not supposed to do. In fact, let's just be clear. Ninth and Tenth Amendments of the Constitution. Here's what it says. Ninth, Ninth Amendment says the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage other re, others retained by the people. Let me ask you something. Who, whose right is it, whose responsibility, whose liberty is it to educate their kids? The people whose kids they are. The parents. Deuteronomy 6. We've been over this before. That's not enumerated in here. Okay? So that's what it's talking about. Parents, you have the duty, yea, the responsibility to educate your own kids. You do. You have that. Then we have the Tenth Amendment. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Now, in Article 1, we never authorized the Congress to be involved in education at all. Every education bill, anything tied to education, any money spent on it, any direction, any department of education is unconstitutional, which makes it, let's be clear about this, because the Constitution claims that it's the law of the land. That's what it claims. What it means is, is all of that is criminal. It's criminal because it's a violation of law. And yet they're going after people, parents, who simply want to stand up for their kids and don't want their kids indoctrinated with pornography or a, a false religion or any of this other stuff. Okay? Now, let me just remind you who Amber is. Amber is the lady who had the, uh, I don't know, I, I want to say the Elmer Fudd gavel. It was a big one. It was a really big one. 
I'm just going to play the part that's relevant here uh, with Amber at the um, at the school board that she was speaking at as the, I guess the president of the school board is trying to gavel her down from finishing out her comments. Here she is. Good for the school or the community use warrant officer. Many parents are fully prepared to pull their kids out of the school system to ensure their children's well-being and safety. The board forces this on our children and staff. We are also prepared to file lawsuits and hold the school and board accountable to the fullest extent of the law for these harmful and discriminatory practices shall they be implemented. In only a few days, I'm finishing my letter. In only a few days, almost 200 attached names were gathered opposing the EDI. That's only a couple of days. Why? It's an ovation for it as well. And uh, it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Amber Redmond. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad that you're able to join us this morning. And uh, just taking you back a couple of weeks there, uh, I just I find it I find it almost comical that lady's got like this little tiny little gavel, and you got this this big hoss of a hammer there to, to just gavel her down. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's funny to me these guys don't want to hear from parents. And because they don't want to hear from parents, they want to be a law unto themselves and do whatever they want to do, uh, whatever their handlers are doing or any of these kinds of things. But and we and we talked about it in the previous interview, which we'll have linked up in the um, in the archives later this morning. But Amber, you've had some developments that's taken place since that time, not to mention threats against parents by the Biden administration, the FBI possibly coming and investigating. And you sent me an email with several things on it, and I want to I want to give you this time to kind of inform people about what's going on up there in Michigan. Yeah. So initially, I noticed in the news, just like everybody else, that there was this letter sent out by the Attorney General, um, basically stating that the FBI would be weaponized against parents speaking out at school board meetings, and. I had heard that news about a couple of weeks ago and I didn't see the letter, uh, but I did have my attorney reach out to me and just kind of advise me on what I should do if FBI shows up randomly one evening. And, um, you know, that was kind of a shocker to me being I'm 30 weeks pregnant. I'm just a mom that's been going to school board meetings and standing up for my child's protection and the other kids in our community. And, So I noticed a few days after that, in actually looking at the letter from the National School Board to the Biden administration, that they had cited numerous news articles at the bottom of each page of their letter as incidents, or I would assume they're indicating them as threats that they're using to substantiate this letter that they sent. And one of them was our school district in there. So that really drew some attention <laughs> to it for me and just blew my mind that, you know, we're here. We tried to start out as nicely, calmly, as rationally as possible with these school boards to no avail for six, eight months. I mean, I just 
I don't know what else they expect parents to do that besides some voices might be raised, people might not be as nice at the point in time that you don't listen to our desires that they do, that they're really strongly attempting to harm our children. And they shut us up, ignore us and just continue to do whatever they would like to do. So how long can people talk nicely before they start to talk more sternly? And last I knew that wasn't a criminal thing that warranted being threatened with the FBI. So it was just kind of a crazy, crazy occurrence. And, you know, I hope that this doesn't detour people from continuing to show up and speak up um, because I strongly feel that that's what it is. I feel that it's a way to threaten and intimidate people because parents are making a lot of noise. They're making a lot of noise by pulling their kids out of these schools. They're making a lot of noise by showing up and continuing to speak against the harmful agendas that are being pushed on children and staff at these schools. Yeah. You know, Amber, one of the things you're saying there is speak. You're speaking. And that speech is supposed to be protected, not, not investigated, not attacked, not threatened. And you, and, and just because you speak loudly, or you speak angrily, that's protected as well. And just because some school board person who thinks they're a little tin hat tyrant doesn't like that, does not give them the right, nor, in fact, it's it's basically a fraud to go and bring this to, uh, to attorneys about this issue, bring this to representatives to get them to try to silence your speech. They're acting criminally in that measure, too. Now, you said that you brought a... Um, a lawsuit against the school board for a violation of open me- of the Open Meetings Act. Um, and uh, can you give us a little insight as to what that lawsuit, what it's referencing with the Open Meetings Act and uh, sure. how you were so, saying they were yes. violating that? So um, they've always had a policy. The board's governance policy has always stated that in order to address the board, you have to give your name and jurisdiction. Um, after our first in-person board meeting that they allowed, because for a while we were only allowed to be on Zoom, which was a very easy way for them to shut people up and cut people off. Um, once we were in person, and I think I would attribute this to how many people were showing up and voicing their concerns, about three meetings in, they started requiring a written form that requ- required name personal home address, uh, the topic you would like to discuss, and numerous other items that were never required or included in their policy previously to address the board. And so from our perspective and what I heard from many other people in the community, some people were scared to speak because of this. It, It felt like it was very much an intimidation tactic when you start asking for people's personal home addresses. And so uh, that is the basis. There was no change in policy prior to them doing this. They just up and implemented it one day at a meeting that they knew that they would likely have quite a few parents showing up and voicing concerns at. So that was the basis of the lawsuit. Um, Their attorney recently spoke to the press and stated that they have governmental immunity. I'm not sure how you have governmental immunity from breaking the law, but (laughs) we're doing court next month for for the situation. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm showing people the article here who are, if you're on the radio, I, I know you can't see that, but I'm, I'm showing that there has been a, an article written on this issue of your lawsuit that you've done. 
And that's the thing that gets me, this governmental immunity thing. This is becoming more and more commonplace, Amber, about not from, not just from the national level, but from the state, from the, now we're seeing it from the local level saying, oh, you can't touch us. We can commit crimes all day long and you can't do a thing about it. And I'm just sitting here going, you guys have got to be kidding yourself. Don't you know that if you go this way and there's justice doesn't prevail and you keep doing it, don't you know this doesn't end good for you guys who are on the school board or any other position of, of government? And so when they're claiming they have government immunity, what are they? how are they backing that up? By what law are they pointing to? Are they just throwing, is the attorney just throwing that out there? Uh, that's what it appears to me. And I'll let my attorney handle all of that stuff because that's what he's good at. But to me, it doesn't make sense. It's a pretty clear cut and dry violation um, of the Open Meetings Act. They didn't change the policy prior. And we know it, it's one of many ways that they've attempted to shut down and shut up and intimidate parents. And it's just what we continue to see with these types of actions now, obviously, all the way up to the federal level. Yeah, it is. I, you would think, though, with an attorney making a statement like that, that he would be committing some kind of a fraud in the midst of that, even though he's try- I know he's trying to make an argument for his client. But that would seem like that's presenting a fraud to the people. So when they're asking for your your name, your your home address, and all of that stuff, explain what the difference is, not just in the intimidation tactics, but when you're talking about a jurisdiction that the, the school board has, and you're going to speak there, is there some requirement, like in normal meetings, like the one you're at where you use the gavel, or even in prior to, prior to where they were requiring that in the Zoom, were they ever demanding that you, I'm assuming they had you give your name, but home address and stuff like this, were they ever doing that before? No, they were not prior to having it on this written form. And the part that concerned me was who gets access to these forms with our personal information written down. But the policy clearly stated name and jurisdiction only. So jurisdiction would be, you know, city, county, school district. You could use any of those broad terms um, to have to give a personal home address when there were people that even had spoke out to the school board prior and said, we've received threats or retaliation, or we have concerns about that. That's just taking it too far. And I don't really see a use for that to be able to air public grievances to a board. Okay. All right. Now, your particular district, and I, I, I'm assuming, well, I, let, me, let me say this. I don't necessarily assume from what you're saying, I don't necessarily assume it was the one meeting you were at at that particular time we just played earlier. But probably for months, you guys have been doing this, you said. And this ended up in the, um, in the letter that they sent to the FBI. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how they referenced that? and maybe what your attorney has said regarding their letter? Yes, so we haven't spoken too in depth about the letter, my attorney and I, but what I noticed was a reference to the actual article that I sent you that was regarding a meeting prior to this one that you had the video on with the gavel. So it was actually referencing our first in-person board meeting that they allowed in June. And... It's interesting because this local news outlet 
presents the meeting the way the board president presented it to them as in it was shut down because parents got out of control and out of hand and the funny thing about it is is the dis- disruption that happened that actually shut the meeting down was one of the board members who was extremely agitated the entire time we had pictures and video of her rolling her eyes and rolling her head as parents were speaking and at, at that was during public comment at a later portion in the meeting when our one out of seven board members who has tried to listen to and represent parents parents and students most made a motion to return kids to school in person full-time which parents have been asking for for many many months um when he made this motion, this particular board member interrupted him and said she was not going to support parents who do not believe Black children are sidelined. And this was in reference to parent comment voicing concerns about critical race theory or anything like it being brought into the school. So when she interrupted this motion to return our kids and indicated she won't support the people in the community that she is to serve because she doesn't like their ideas on something completely irrelevant to kids being in school. That's when parents reacted in the audience and the president felt the need to shut down the meeting. Um, there was no violence. There was no threats. I'll be honest with you, Tim, the only violence and threats I've seen at any of the board meetings I've attended have been from the other side of this. I had one woman at a board meeting, <laughs> a probably 60, 70 year old woman threatened to take me outside and I'm, I'm pretty far along pregnant right now. So that happened and the police had to step up and kind of uh, watch her in that situation. And that's been the only type of threatening situation I've seen at any of these meetings. We have police, local police present at every meeting. I've never heard somebody state that they would try to be violent or state a threat to the board or anything along those lines. So it's just crazy to think that this is where we are right now. Well, yeah. Okay. So you got grandma who wants to take you outside and teach you a lesson. Is that what's, is that, is that what's going on here? Yeah, she got offended when um, we just actually had a new superintendent come in our school district. And that's a whole nother story in and of itself on why our previous one was fired over some comments he made about George Floyd that were just factual comments. But um, we have this new superintendent that was part of a Black Lives Matter march in his previous school district. And I made a comment to him about that one of the board meetings and she got offended by that and that's what what started the issue there but that's the only threat type of threatening situation I've ever seen and so it's just to say that because we're speaking up against these things the meeting that you saw with the gavel was a letter in the community that within a couple days a few hundred people had signed on to opposing the equity diversity and inclusion committee and this is this this is one of the rebrandings of critical race theory and this is what they're doing in these schools they're just rebranding it and guising it under other names so our board our school board wanted to establish 
on, well, they had already established an equity, diversity, and inclusion committee. They wanted to start implementing some things in school, in the school, including putting up banners and flags around the school, surveying children, um, hiring a coordinator at the tune of $100,000 a year to teach this stuff in the schools. Wow. And parents didn't want it. And so when the gavel video was me reading that letter from the community to the board. And so that was the specific event there, but that's another kind of spin you're seeing put on this when like that particular article on Grand Ledge that was in the school board letter, they're saying, well, Grand Ledge has never talked about implementing critical race theory. Well, they're not outright specifically stating, hey, we're putting critical race theory in your school, but they're hiring advisors for $200 an hour to consult an equity, diversity, and inclusion committee. Which is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And this advisor states in her in her different videos that are out on YouTube and that are her teaching at different schools that she is a critical race theorist. And we've presented all these things to the board and we're like, well, you might not be using that exact term, but you're using the social justice curriculum, um, oppressed and oppressors. You want, you're still implementing the same ideologies that are harmful in critical race theory and you're just using a different name. Okay. All right. So let me get this straight. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of uh, uh, taken back by the whole grandma thing here. And I, I'm serious, I, I because you know everything we saw coming out of the Biden administration was oh there are threats against school boards oh there and I'm like I, you know I haven't heard that now I've heard people lay the ultimatums down we had the guy the other day I played the video who served his particular school board board with a 200 million dollar lawsuit. And he said, this is not a negotiation. We've had the uh, lady who was the former Miss California who's told them, we're going to run for all of your seats. I'm going to I'm going to you know, go against you. Now, that's a threat. It's a political threat, but it's not anything that endangers anybody's lives. And so when grandma comes up, I'm kind of sitting here going. Right. I, I'm thinking this lady, should she not be taken outside and. And dealt with, and I'm talking about by law enforcement, if they see this kind of stuff going on, what's the issue there that they have not made arrests on her, yet parents like you could be potential targets as a result of this letter? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she stood up and gave a public apology after she made that comment to me because she's a local attorney. And I said to her when she said that, I don't think that's a good idea to be threatening people, especially a pregnant woman when you're part of the state bar. And so I think she realized that she uh, made a mistake and reacted pretty emotionally. Um, But, and it didn't go any further, thankfully. But the point is, is this only, if we're going to talk about sides, I mean, I just, from my perspective, I just want these kids to be in a safe, healthy learning environment, um, ultimately. But if we're going to talk about sides, the people that more seem to be supporting all of this control and these social agendas being pushed in the schools are the ones that if I'm seeing any type of violence, that's where I've seen it come from. Okay. Have you had any that's come from the board itself, threats from the board to shut you down, uh, to go after you know we're gonna we're gonna see if we can have Adam Heikla back on 
because you know they're they've turned what he went to do try to do lawfully and he admitted he made some mistakes he's trying to correct those things but nobody was harmed in the process and yet now they're trying to go after him have you had any of the school board that's trying to go after you or some of the parents or they've made comments that are threatening in any kind of a fashion that way um, not anything directly from the board besides what we see as uh, intimidation tactics like the the address requests and things of that nature. Um, but there's certainly been, I've had harassment against my business. I've had people go in and try to slander my business on reviews and people send me messages through my business system telling me all kinds of vulgar things. Um, so it's happened to that extent. And it all seems to be tied to this. Um, it happens, you know, when there's news articles that are coming out locally. Have you or, have you have you reported any of that to the local police? I report it to my attorney. Nothing's okay. gone far enough to go to the police yet. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were on a thought there. I just kind of was curious. Oh if that no, you're reported. okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah. I mean, that's what we're seeing so far. Um, there was one particular incident where we caught the board president forwarding emails to her friends and other parties um, with private parent communications around these topics. So there's definitely things that are happening that should not be happening by any means. I was actually, too, at the beginning when you brought up the vaccine stuff, it blew my mind. But these people know no bounds on how far they'll go to push this. But that's another thing that we've had as a concern at our school. They're setting up vaccine clinics right in the school parking lots right immediately after school hours to push these kids to get get vaccinated or see that this is happening. Hey, this is great. This is okay. Um, so there's just so many things going on right now, Tim. I personally removed my child from the school. Many others did too because it's just Amen. not a safe. Amen. It's not safe. It's not safe. And there's... Our voices are not being heard right now. So outside of removing our kids, which pulls massive funding from these schools, um, and then we can ensure that they are safe at that point, we've got to take all legal measures to get rid of these board members and get new people in there. And I, I think that that's a big part of the change. Yeah, I think it is, too. I'm glad that you're taking your kids out because, you know, a lot of parents, they get angry because something comes up. You know, Islam's being taught. There's pornography in the school. Um, they're, they're teaching critical race theory. Some of them are, are actually, when you say this, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this in just a minute. So remind me about the vaccine thing, but they'll, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll put the vaccines there. Some of them are actually trying to vaccinate the kid or sh give them the shot there. It's not even a vaccine trying to give them the shot, even without parents, you know, permission and things of this nature. And they'll get mad enough to speak out and then they think it's gone away. And then it comes back right back with something else. And the safest place for kids to be, let me just be honest. Not that I'm not honest anyway, but to be honest, the safest place is there in the home. I mean, for thousands of years, up until modern 20th century, uh, and just a little bit before that, with the tyranny of Lincoln bringing in the public school system in here into the South, that the, it was, you know, mom and dad were the ones educating the kids. And they learned not just from a textbook, they learned hands-on. Um, because you had to do it back in the day. Now we become so leisurely, we say, oh yeah. Our enemies, statists, you go ahead and teach our kids, and we think that's a good thing. I, I I applaud you for taking your kids out and making that stand, and for other parents who've done that as well. Now, your attorneys also address the issue that's come out of the Biden administration for the FBI. 
And, uh, you know, I did a show on this last week, I think, when I filled in for Bradley on Sons of Liberty in the afternoon. And we were talking about Merrick Garland. Now, this is the guy. It, it just, you, if people can't see the WWE match that, that's going on, I don't know how to help you. This is the guy that the quote-unquote Republicans opposed. Remember, for all that time under the Obama administration because he was so anti-Second Amendment? But they're, everybody's willing to go along and put this guy in place as an attorney general. And so there's been these threats has been made, and your attorney's obviously spoken to you about what to do. I mean, you're you're far enough along in your pregnancy to where you know you're at that stage where okay, let's get this thing over with and everything. Uh, and you're fatigued and other things. I understand that fully well. But um, what is, what has your attorney told you about dealing with? Should you get a call or knock on your door from the FBI? Well, <laughs> conversation short. Just have them talk to him is where he's at okay. with it. So, okay. well, now are you expecting? Are you really expecting them to show up at your front door? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a very real po- possibility. We've seen it happen to people from all kinds of circumstances. I thought when I saw the situation with the Heikelas, it's currently occurring, and um, realized what was going on with this FBI letter with the school boards, I immediately thought about the January 6th situation. And I'm like, look at how they came to people's homes for that. And granted, that was such a larger scale circumstance that happened. But it, you know, there's people that are being held without due process from that. And you think about it, and it is, it's a little scary to think about. But I also think that fear is not the place that we need to be right now. And that was the purpose of this. And I think it is because the voices are being heard and the side of good that does not want these things happening is actually winning. So this is a way to stop that. Okay, good. And I'm, I'm glad you're against the, the, the whole fear tactics because, you know, the Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of peace, love, and a sound mind. And so we're not to be fearful of these things. The enemy can threaten. Uh, we can go back to the, the story of David, and we can see how the armies of Israel were, were threatened. They were fearful because of, of the, the mocking and the chanting of Goliath and of the Philistines until a man of God came on the scene and says, we're not having any more of this. I'm going to cut your head off, feed your carcass to the birds, uh, and we're going to put you to flight. And he did that, and he put the fear of God in them rather than being fearful of their their words or even what they might be able to do. So I'm glad that... I'm glad that you're doing that. Now, <clears throat> when you're when you're having this go on, how long or what's the process of this lawsuit that you've put forward and how long are you expecting it to go to court or you or is your attorney expecting maybe a settlement from these people to not take it to court? Yeah, I don't think it that that would be the ultimate outcome. Um it's a very minor offense ultimately. It's just more to, and there's nothing really monetarily tied to it. I know that there was some local comments <laughs> um, about me doing this for money, which there's no way that this could make sense monetarily. I'd be a lot better off focusing on my real estate business, but um, it's just to hold them accountable legally on paper for what they're doing. And so as for the process, I mean, we go, we have a court date set for next month. And then, you know, if that doesn't go as planned, appellate's always an option. So we'll kind of see how it plays out from there. But monetarily, it's not something that's a huge 
or really any kind of gain as far as I understand, um, you know, outside of attorney costs and some minor fines. It just shows that they are breaking the law. It's been documented. And there's been numerous other lawsuits against the school district and another large one pending as well. So um, it's kind of all part of that process too, you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Somebody in the chat said there was one that was being put together, I guess, in a county next to you uh, in some measure. Now, this leads to another question because Michigan, <clears throat> boy, I tell you, it's 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 kind of fascinating to me because Michigan, you know, we kind of uh, refer to it sort of lightheartedly as Michigan, and they're known for their they're known for their militia groups, and <clears throat> I'm amazed because. We have the issue with uh, Governor Witchmer up there, and yes, I said that on purpose, um, that she's been caught several times by the Supreme Court there in the state of Michigan, violating the law, violating the constitutions, violating the, uh, the rights of the people, and yet they do nothing to her. And so when a militia group tries to go in and make an arrest, um, they're arrested, branded as you know terrorists and this, that, and the other. What gives? What can give? What gives you hope that if you were to win this, that it's enforceable to be there, or are you just going to be resolute to have to keep your kids out of school, which I, I think you should do, uh, and seek to to replace these people who are on the board? What What gives you? Do, do you have any confidence that if you win something, uh, win the case, that it's going to be enforced? Yeah, you know. At this time, I, I think that it would be enforced in the aspect that as immediate as soon as we filed the lawsuit, they actually stopped requiring the address portion. There's still some other issues with their forms, but they immediately removed that, which said a lot in and of itself. Um, so in that aspect, but as for enforcing them to not intimidate parents in other ways. I think we're seeing it happen right now through the federal government. So no, I do not have any faith that there's a way to enforce them to not do that. Um, which is why my kid will, my child personally will not be under these people at all. But I do firmly believe that the way that we make the change is by essentially what I say is defunding the public schools. You know, they like to use that term of defund everything that is useful that we need. So I, I would say we defund the public schools at this point. Amen. Because they're not, they're not doing what we're paying our tax money for. They're not contributing to a healthy, successful society. At, that's say a safe environment for children and staff. So, um, I would start there, absolutely dismantling these school boards. And I think that, honestly, parents need to look at ways to hold accountable and potentially dismantle these teachers' unions because that's where a lot of this is coming from. Yep, I, I totally agree. I totally agree that the union issue, it sounds like freedom, but it's really not. Um, it's its its a control. It's a control mechanism there. Now, we had a <clears> – <throat> I'm trying to get a guy on. I've been trying for a while. He was injured a while back. His son, Chris Dorr, runs the American Firearms Association, and uh, Paul Dorn has, has gone into various uh, districts and counties in the United States and helped them actually do what you said, to defund, basically cut off that funding for local schools. 
and uh, it's had tremendous results. And I'm wanting to bring him on the show. I keep forgetting to call him back uh, because he was, like I said, he was uh, he was having some health issues, something with his leg or something before. But uh, want to bring him back on because he goes after the very thing that you're talking about. You start defunding this and not making it something that's appealing for people to sit on that board. And the only people who's going to be on that board are people who actually care about what's going on there. And that's probably going to be parents. And I'm I'm just kind of curious as I'm thinking through that. Do you know the people on the board, how many of them actually have children in the school district? So I believe one or two of them currently do. One pulled his child out when this all started, and that's our one board member that has really tried to work with and represent the community and um, the kids' best interest. So one or two at best have kids in our school out of seven. A majority of them are attorneys. Um, And then the other two are teachers themselves retired from the school district or their wives are teachers in the union with the school. Okay. Now, have you had some, you mentioned the teachers union. Have you had some feedback from them? Have they been some of these nasty people who've been writing you these vulgar emails and things like that? Have they come to the board meeting? Is, is grandma who wanted to duke it out with you, Rocky and stuff? Is, is she part of that as well? Yeah, the article that was cited in the uh, school board letter to the Biden administration was discussing one of the teachers union marches that happened at our second in-person meeting. So after this first meeting was shut down due to the board members disruption, basically indicating she felt parents were racist. And then the second meeting we had our teachers union at our school sent out a memo to summon in the Lansing school district, which is our capital city, larger school district nearby to summon in their teachers union to do what they call the unity March with them. And I filed a complaint with the school because the head of the union, who's a high school teacher, actually, she's a larger woman. She actually pushed into me and another parent instead of walking around us to come into the building as if it was an intimidation thing. Um, And then they all stood up and gave this robotic rehearsed message that was the same about uh, something along the lines of, we believe in equity, diversity, and inclusion. And um, we support kindness and compassion. It was very, it was a total robotic burst (laughs) uh, message that they all gave and delivered But yeah, they called in this outside union to do this with them. And um, they've been pretty strongly opposing the parents that have spoken up about these concerns. So there's a period of time that they stopped showing up to meetings for a little bit. And I believe it was because they knew that this school board would push through what they wanted. And they knew that there was some heat on them for opposing parents the way that they were. But it's been abundantly clear that a lot of this is coming down from the teachers union. You can look right at the state of Michigan websites and memos that come out from the Michigan Education Association, and they're all supporting critical race theory in the schools or equity, diversity, and inclusion, which are all terms that are tied into this, um, as well as some of these other agendas that are concerning, such as masking kids, the vaccinations, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. And just to remind people, all of this began, I mean, really began under the great conservative president, Ronald Reagan. 
when he signed that little agreement with the Soviets to start all this kind of stuff. Lynn and I have covered this before. We had Charlotte uh, Iserbeet on to speak about that as well because she was in uh, she was in part of the Department of Education under that administration. She brought out all the documents to show what it was. And uh, so we're seeing that come to fruition, Amber. And part of the things, you know, I had uh, a list of the 45 goals of the Communist Party to take down America. Uh, put that, combine that with the Paul Harvey thing, you know, if I was the devil deal. And uh, I'll have that up as a link if people want to check that out. And <clears throat> many of those things that we're dealing with now that we're seeing in the public schools are the very things that are part of the 45 goals of the Communist Party to take down America. They just are. And I've made mention before of R.L. Dabney's On Secular Education. He's writing in the 1850s, 1860s, and he was, it's amazing. I, again, I say it's a very short read. You can get it. I'll have a link put in on there again if for those of you. Hadn't, and they even have it in Audible now, so you can listen to it if you're on the go. But the things he said that would come to pass that parents are dealing with right now with their kids, he, he said them 170 years ago. And... Now we're having to deal with it because we didn't listen to men like that and obey God and do what we should have done in the first place. And so, you know, I applaud your stand there, uh, especially in the face of being threatened by the federal government uh, to the point of calling people such as yourself, just regular parents in the state, domestic terrorists. And they need to be investigated by the unconstitutional FBI, uh, who can't seem to stop planes flying in the buildings, alleged planes flying in the buildings and... Uh, you know, beheadings and shootings in Texas and all of this other stuff. They, they, they can't seem to get their act together on that, but they can get it on when it comes to like January 6 protesters, like you said. And that would be a concern that I would have. Uh, you say it's not as big a thing. That to me makes it right for them to come pick you guys off one by one. And I'm not saying that as a fear tactic. I don't think we should be afraid. But it is a place where we should be prepared for what they're doing. And I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, your attorneys advise you in those those kinds of things. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're coming up on the end of the show. We have about four and a half minutes here. Is there some final things, maybe some details or something about what's going on or what's coming or what's transpired that you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I just think right now we're at a stage where we're just seeing a lot of people pull their kids out of the public school system. And I think that's only continuing. Um, I know outside of when we look at things like the mask mandates and our particular school district implemented that before it was anything that was being mandated by the state or the county again locally um, but there was a lot of other local school districts that were not um, and then we had the county just recently step in and put in place another mask mandate for k-12 through schools only public and private and so that recently happened and that gathered together about 3,000 parents in a week that were protesting at schools with their kids. And I've heard talk of some lawsuits that might be happening and um, people that are strongly opposing this. So I think as more and more happens, more and more people are getting fed up and are ready to stand up and do something to protect their kids. But um Right now, I think that's just where it's at is getting these kids out of these schools. And we work hard at a local level to do our best to turn things around and get some of these elected officials that are abusing their powers out of these positions. Amen. I, I totally agree with that. Now, let me read this comment here. Bruce, you got a great comment. A couple of things I'll address here. 
He says, you say your rights are violated. A public entity claims government immunity. Are you seeing the big picture yet? And I think that's a that's a that's a pretty good picture to paint for people as to what's going on. If not, let me help you open your eyes. No such thing as government immunity. Exactly right. That was one of the first things I asked about at the start. Where are they getting this? Where's the law for that? We the people are the government. Second, your rights are being violated, but all that is null and void because we no longer live in a republic and practice democracy. Well, we didn't practice democracy in the first place. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. You had that right the first time. We're now living in an authoritarian state and being forced into socialism. You had no more freedoms. Actually, you do. Whom the sun sets free, what does it say? Shall be free indeed. Freedom is a state of mind. Your liberty is what we're talking about, and we need to get that right. We are not losing our freedoms unless you're going to lose your mind and submit to the tyrant. That's, that's just the way it is. Freedom is a state of mind. And if Jesus says you're free, are you free or are you not free? Huh? I, I just want to ask if people believe what the Lord Jesus says. And the second thing is, with our liberty, that is what a right is. Go look it up. Liberty or rights or liberties or authorities that we have, because of the freedom we have before God, that is the liberty, we have liberty now to do what God has commanded. Not to do just whatever we want to do. You know, if we want to go kill somebody, if we want to go uh, engage in adultery or steal or what, we don't have the right to do that. That's not a right. That's a violation of law. But we do have liberty to do these other things. Otherwise, I think you're exactly right. Uh, he, he, he goes on, he says, because 97%, you know, he's talking about people com- just complaining, 97% will never actually do anything but whine. As Thomas Paine said, this is the time that tries men's souls. Wake up, defend what little you have left. It's a good comment, Bruce. I, I, totally, I, I agree with that. I would just make that, you know, insertion there that you are free. You're free. And the Apostle Paul could talk about even the Word of God was Free, it was loosed even though he was in his chains, but he was a free man. Why? Because the son had set him free, even though he was in chains. And so I hope this doesn't come to that for parents. I'm, I'm not looking for that at all. But uh, Amber, some people want you to come back once you uh, hear about what goes on with your, uh, with your lawsuit. And we got about 30 seconds here. Um, any, any parting words that you want to give to people to encourage them? Yeah, I think you just said it great. Um, Freedom is a state of mind. And right now we're fighting for liberty and really the pursuit of happiness because as a mama, I'm not happy when my daughter's in danger. And so, um, you know, and I just want her and her kids to have the best life possible. And I think that's what we all want for our children. So I think it's very important that we all continue to stand together and stand up against these injustices and um not let this put fear into us and quiet us down because we know we know what's right and we know what needs to be done here and that can be done without any kind of violence or whatever that's right amber Amber, we're out of of time thank you hang on and i'll say goodbye to you and if mom ain't happy ain't nobody happy see you at six (laughs) 